you know what? I would fare well in a, in a race, I think, against them. <laughs> but um, I am gonna kind of spicy save right now. For, I don't really get starstruck around too many people. I think I've always said the only person in the world who I'd probably get starstruck around is Derek Jeter. Um, and I think I hold true to, to that statement. You know, definitely it leaves me kind of wondering uh, whether the him posting to his story is like, you know, super hot pots don't hit me up, whether that is more so like him continuing to be the showman that he is. But I was so curious as to like, Justin Gatlin made those comments about like how the top track athlete retires and then all of a sudden like that's it like track doesn't set you up for life after track so my it's like until something changes now that's nice of justin gallon to say but it would have been better if he would have said something in the moment i'm joshua pods mr possible always with the brother with the same mother aaron pods super hot pods and your favorite two black runners coming at you every single Two black, two was a rough one i was on a boat this weekend for my boy's birthday so my voice hey, is kind of going hey that's the whole reason right there why we're doing a four to row ones this week and really just <laughs> coming to y'all raw straight up like this is what we got for this week not saying that we can this is what we got you feel me we're not selling out or anything like that because we got an amazing guest there we got an amazing the best guest. the one and only the legend, the legend. The legend, bruh. Everybody knows him. Sidious Mag, Sports Illustrated. The man does it all. The voice of track and field, people would call him, you know? Definitely okay. the keyboards of track and field, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Chris Chavez is joining us on the podcast for the real ones to just really kick back, talk, and talk about everything. Just first off, Chris, how you doing, bro? How you doing on this Sunday as we're coming out on this Tuesday? I'm good. I noticed this is episode 88. I forget what what was I on? Like this is my second appearance on this podcast. Wow. And I feel like the first time around I must have been maybe in the early single digits. I, I don't want to give myself too credit, but I was on I was on the two black runners bandwagon very early. Below 20 for sure. Oh, below, okay. All right, I'll below take 15. That. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. You're 27. Nice. Okay, okay, okay. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an early on person. I got in before the hundred. I think at this point, yeah, I mean, people are riding the wave. It's the stock is high on you guys. And so uh, I'm always happy to kick it with you guys to talk track. Oh man, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. You've been busy. You've been, you've been busy, busy recently, bro. Like the trials and miles uh, just happened this past week. And we know you're going into a busy schedule as we're going to be at pre at the end of this week, but how, Let's start there, bro. Trials and miles, New York City, Icon Stadium, K Flat almost breaking national record. Juliet Whitaker breaking two minutes, a national record for Mexico in the 1500. There was a beer mile, a celebrity mile. There was yeah. everything you could really imagine at Icon Stadium and even a weather delay. So how, how was trials and miles? Yeah, so the weather delay obviously was the part that made things a little bit interesting. I was nervous on my way going out to the stadium. I was like, is this me going to happen? I really hope it uh, it does. But once uh, things cleared up and we were able to get the community miles underway, like originally there was a plan for like six or something different heats of uh, people to chase PRs and, uh, you know, just local New York City people. 
uh, to, to run. And then, you know, from there they get to fill the stands and, and the yeah. pros get to compete in front of uh, an audience, which was something that last year when we did this meet in New York city, especially in Texas it was the first uh, trials of miles and Sidious mag meet, it was uh, no spectators. And so <clears throat> this time around, we definitely wanted to fill the stands a little bit, the weather complicated things. And then the next day was the Brooklyn half marathon. So we knew that there were runners in town, but it wasn't the ideal sort of situation to pack the stands and have, you know, 5,000 or whatever it is yeah. people there. But overall, I mean, I thought it was an entertaining night of races. We waited 364 days to get back behind the mic, Kyle Merber and I, uh, to call the races and then Ali Feller to do the sideline, uh, interviews. And so, uh, it, it was great because, you know, last year these meets came about uh, as, you know, to fill a place in the schedule where there wasn't really much going on um, as the athletes are trying to prepare for the Tokyo Olympics and the U.S. Olympic trials, just giving the athletes an opportunity to chase those qualifying marks. And nowadays, if you look at the calendar, there's a track meet happening every single weekend on U.S. soil. It could, you know, it could be a sound running meet. It could be an American track league meet. It could be. So we were kind of when we were thinking of how we were going to go about bringing this back, it was more so like, you know, we really don't have one, the energy to, you know, hit three different meets once again. And, uh, you know, especially with the calendar so jam packed, the Diamond League is back in full force. And so World Athletics has its own sort of continental tour as well. So the world ranking points and, and all that stuff are up for grabs at those bigger meets that for a newer meet to come around, like. It, it's good in, in some ways, to, you know, to provide opportunity period. But I think for the pro side of things, uh, the opportunity is already out there. So we put all our eggs into uh, doing one meet and also making it fun. Once again, like last year, uh, we had a blast in, in, in the three times that we did it. And the New York City one was capped with me getting my butt kicked by Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> but so this time around, I was like, I'm not ready to return to the track and, and do that again. And we'll save a rematch for until uh, Gladwell is 60 years old. But uh, so we kind of got innovative. You know, the NA Beer Mile came along when Athletic Brewing stepped in. Uh, the Celebrity Exhibition Mile was was cool. We got Neve Shulman, who was on your podcast, to, hey, to run yeah, as well. He, he basically got the win. He basically yeah. won. And he I almost did. He won. He I was so the winner, confused bro. what he was going to do. Yeah. Uh, so that was, that was fun the to winner. Is that what you said, Aaron? Yeah, he yeah. catfished the winner, basically. <laughs> Made it seem like he was the winner. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, the thing was, it's the weather is so unpredictable at Icon Stadium sometimes. Like, it's it can be really windy. It could be really humid. And after the rain cleared out, it provided, honestly, perfect conditions for people to run fast. And we started right from the get-go with, you know, the Women's 800 and Juliet Whitaker and Kate Flat, um, really doing things, something special to cement themselves as the second fastest high school 800 meter runners of all time. And so um, it was awesome. And, and from there on, like, yeah, I mean, just Kyle and I getting to, you know, chat uh, behind the mic and, and call a track meet. It's just, you know, we, 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 that's how we would spend our Friday nights if we had the option to. Yeah, it was, it was super fun to watch y'all. And I really like how you incorporated the NA beer mile and the celebrity mile. It reminded me back when me and Joshua did club, they used to do like uh, parent relays and they so would do true. a parent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the coaches and the parents would go and they run like a four by one. And it was so fun to watch to watch that so like i think that has to be like in what you did last year that has to be like the first ever celebrity they need to do more of those uh, event that, yeah that needs to be at more more meets i feel like 
Yeah, yeah it was, it's cool because it's unpredictable sometimes. Like, you, I honestly didn't know, aside from, like, knowing what Chris Robertson's actual personal bests are and, like, how successful he is as a runner, like, that maybe it was uh, the ringer in that race that we knew he was probably going to win. But the dude from Survivor, Xander Hastings, who is a former Division II, uh, Division Three runner and uh, competed on the show a couple seasons back, honestly surprised me. We had quite a couple people break five minutes in that heat that I was like, yeah, I mean, all these people would have uh, won last year's uh, race uh, with Gladwell. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know what the future holds for, for next year. It is entertaining, and it kind of is always funny to see what the chat picks up on on YouTube. It's like, is that the dude from Catfish? Yeah, it is, and he's running a mile here on a Friday night. Yeah, I was surprised oh. we didn't see more Bachelor people in there, like Matt James. I've seen him running, like, the New York City. He ran the New York City Marathon. We need to get these Bachelor folks in here as well. Ta- was it Tasha? Tasha, yeah, Tasha's in New York, and so is uh, my good friend Zach Clark and uh, Matt James, who I've run with in in the past as well. So yeah, I mean, maybe next year we got to come up with some Are sort you of. Are them like, out right now, Chris? Is that what I'm hearing? Ah, uh, you know what? I would fare well in a, in a race, I think, against them, <laughs> but um, I, I'm gonna kind of spicy save right now. For, I'm gonna save myself for the Gladwell rematch <laughs> in two okay. years. He's 58 now, I think. So. So we got two more years and, <laughs> and it'll put me at 30. Yeah. Chris, you, know, you better you know, not lose to this man, bro. Do not lose 60, to this man. Don't lose I to him be at 60. I would him if he beats me at 60. No matter no. what, like, listen. That's impressive, I ended, does. I ended up being the person laughing to the bank with this whole situation. People can make jokes all they want about the Gladwell mile, but I monetized the video on YouTube. And so those 250,000 views I don't... like amount for a good couple hundred bucks. And I'm the one who gets it. So like, it's, it's, I'm the one who has the last laugh in that situation. <laughs> Wait, can we say something real quick, Chris? So you, you raced against Malcolm Gladwell, your good friend, Zach Clark, you got Xander and you. How do you know all these, these <laughs> random celebrities? That's what I'm saying. Like, why was it Matt James at this point? Why were you in a race with Malcolm Gladwell? Like, I was like, how do you know? It's all New these York. People? That's no, honestly, it's New York. And sometimes it's just, you know, people, you just never know. I, the catchphrase is, I love track and field. You just never know who else loves track and field and sometimes stumbles upon a piece of content, gets hooked and follows what Sidious Mag does. And when I see, you know, that they follow the account. Sometimes I'll reach out and be like, Hey, like what, like, what's the deal? Like, do you, do you love track? Like, did you run it as a, as a, you know, kid or something growing up? And so, um, that's how I go about introducing myself to some of these people. I'm not afraid to like, uh, talk to anyone really. And also I don't really get starstruck around too many people. I think I've always said the only person in the world who I'd probably get starstruck around is Derek Jeter. Um, and I think I hold true to, to that statement. Like, he was my idol growing up as a diehard Yankee fan. And to this day, like no runner would ever kind of wow me to the point of what that guy did for, for me in terms of just creating these awesome memories of, of all these championships growing up. I'm a spoiled little Yankee fan. I feel that like for me, it's the only person is like Bernard Lagat low key. The first time I met him, I was like, yo, this is Lagat. Like, yeah, I was like trying to be like him, emulate him, all of that. Wait, so Aaron, do you feel like the reason why we haven't had him on the podcast yet is because you're afraid to DM him or what? No, I, I'm nervous. I think you can make it happen. <laughs> I think we could get him. I've, I feel like I, I've seen him multiple times now. Like, I'm good. I'm good now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I would definitely be gassing him up so much if he ever came on the podcast. Like, I'd be going, I'd give the best two Black Tuesday ever. 
we got Bernard. You Lecaro. rest the vocal cords a couple days beforehand exactly. and you hold that note for a good, you know, two minutes or something like that. <laughs> As we, we talk more trials and miles and just the meet Icon Stadium, another, uh, well, two crazy things happens. Like you mentioned it, the two fastest, Juliet Whitaker set number two all time for the high school 800, 159.8. And Kay Flat goes out there, 140, 140, uh, was it 146? Uh, like five. five something 146 five like 0. 0.06 afterward 0. 0.06 off and afterwards on instagram um he posts on his story uh, at super hot pots don't hit me up uh aaron would you like to address this situation or do you want to wait till tomorrow I don't, we can talk about it now you want to talk about it now we'll talk about it in the running report show i mean we could definitely we could talk about it here this is this is the real ones, you know, this one's for the real ones. So this is where they get they get everything here. Well, let's bro. go to Chris first. Chris, you were there. You saw it in person. We watched it on TV. I was, I thought you, I didn't think he was gonna really get it that day. I was like, I don't know. Feel so, like we'll see what really happens. But once he like once he got on the back stretch, three hundred to go, I was like, dang, he looks good. Last last like fifty meters, I was like, oh yeah, he's getting this record. Barely missed it. How was it when you watching it live? Well, that was the thing. The thing I was most bummed about when I got in like the Uber in the pouring rain was like, man, like, I don't think Kate's going to be able to break the record in this weather. And, you know, we get to the stadium and it, it, the weather, the rain did sort of calm down a bit. It was just lightning that we had to wait um, to pass. And uh, it's, it is funny because Cade was messaging Kyle Merber is like, when should I be warming up for my race? Cause like, when is my race going to happen? And so uh, without maybe a little bit of an input from Kyle telling him like, Hey, your race is going to be at this time. Like you should maybe warm up around this. Uh, then who knows if he would have got this close. I'm only, I'm only sort of kidding in that sense because, um, yeah, I mean, as soon as the race went off, he was, he was patient. Like it was, it, he went out slower than the lead pack of the runners from, uh, the district track club. And, after the first lap, you're kind of like, okay, uh, this is a, he's he's playing it smart here. And then, as you said, Josh, with 300 meters to go, that's when we really knew that we had a close race on our hands. And uh, I honestly thought he was he he got it. Uh, just the way he he ran that final hundred, he was coming up on those pros and you know it's not that common that he has people to chase down that late into a race and so that definitely helped i think what kind of maybe did hurt was the fact that he did have to veer out into lane two a little bit down that final home stretch and so who knows i mean you could you could play what is 0.06 for an 800 in terms of just where he could have made that up it could have been just you know hugging tight on on the inside lane down that final stretch could that have been the difference between that and the record you know, the good thing is that he's got a couple more opportunities to to break this. And so uh, I believe there's discussion of whether he's going to run at New Balance um, Outdoor Nationals. And so hopefully the plan there would be that, you know, they know what's going to happen, that he won indoors. And so just got this close, uh, you know, at the Trials and Miles meet that you just got to throw in a, a kid to pace that race and a fellow high school kid. And now maybe that dispels a little bit of the, the, the banter that's going on is like, Oh, if he would have done it against pros then the old school track fans would have been like, well, it's a high school kid who got it against pros. It's not Michael Granville who ran it in, you know, the first round of his high school meet against other high school kids Legendary. all by himself. Like that is iconic. And so this time around, yeah, maybe he does have to do it with a, with a rabbit and, but it'll come possibly against other high school runners because that's what the rest of the season indicates. But 
No, I thought I thought it was great. I thought his interviews afterwards were were awesome, and you know, definitely it leaves me kind of wondering uh, whether the him posting to his story is like you know, super hot pots, don't hit me up. Whether that is more so like him continuing to be the showman that he is. He's a really nice kid. Like if you have a conversation with him and he definitely puts on, you know, the UFC fighter mentality and like this big sort of bravado when it comes to his antics before and after the track. But if you do have a conversation with him, he means totally well. He's super nice. And um, so I'm definitely more curious, uh, Aaron, what, what in the DMs was it nicer? Like it was just sort of like, nah, dude, we're cool, but you know, I gotta keep this act up. Or was he literally like, don't talk to me anymore? Wait, wait, Aaron, before I mean, you go, I want to set it up for people that don't know what, like, what, why you really said that. It's because a week before this race, we had him on Trackish, our mile split show. We interviewed him like 15 minutes. Interview went great. Aaron at the end of it was all like, hey, flat, you're my favorite runner now. That's literally words that came out of this man's mouth. <laughs> The next Wednesday, we're talking about it, previewing the race on the Running Report show. Colin Solomon's racing at the Distance Classic on Thursday. Cade Flats racing the 800 the next day. And Aaron's all like, Colin Solomon will break the 800-meter <laughs> yeah. national record this Thursday at the Distance Classic. The and only person saying that, by the way. Colin he was Solomon. totally solo. One-man megaphone <laughs> on, a, on a street corner. Like, you know when you see some of those crazy people on the streets yelling with signs and, like, Usually they have like two or three other people with them. But in this case, like, no, no, no. Aaron was alone in this, in this statement. <laughs> this man has become Skip Bayless of the track and field world for the past week. Aaron, how's it feel? Bro, I mean, I got Chalima want, Chalima want the hands. Simmons want, Simmons want these hands. And now K flat, bro. You know what I'm saying? Just another one on the list. But no, nah, bro, like, um, bro, I still think he is one of my favorite runners for sure. He still is my favorite runner. I just think there's some, I think there's some guys that could run. I don't think he's going to need a pacer if he's in the right race with the right people. I think there's some people that, that can push him and get close to that 146 or run under it as well. I think there's some other high schoolers that are capable. That's all I'm saying by that. I wasn't trying to throw shade at him or nothing, but he said, don't hit me up. So I, I didn't hit this man up. He said, you don't want to, I didn't <laughs> hit him up. I didn't say nothing. <laughs> All I, did, all I did was post my stuff, my story on my Instagram story, and I didn't, I didn't DM or nothing because, hey, he said, I'm going to follow that man's wishes. But that dude is like my favorite athlete for sure. And that dude is must-see TV. That yeah, dude is a yeah. star. He's changed it to that, yeah. Yeah, I, I'll tell you guys that because, like, it is really cool to see that, you know, it just all it takes is a little bit of personality from a track athlete, and all of a sudden they're captivating to other people, like, <laughs> You know, I have friends of mine who are just they're they just follow, you know, general running. They run marathons, half marathons. And because they're my friends, they'll tune into what I do sometimes. And a couple of them tuned into the trials of miles meet on uh, on Friday night. And I did get a text, you know, moments later is like that Kate Flack kid, like first time I've ever seen him run, like huge fan. Like I and so he's he's hooking people because of sort of bringing that. You read his Instagram captions. It's like it is sort of how, you know, a fighter would go into every single one of his big matches. And so it, I would, you know, the catchphrase, what good for the sport? Kate Flat, good for the sport, I think. He reminds me of Fred Curley, like in the way and how he carries right? himself yeah, in a little very bit. Very similarly. Like, I'm going for this, like, it's kill or be killed, like, type of, of type of mentality, which is like, and people love Fred Curley for that. And it's just like, it seems like Fred Curry doesn't talk much, but he has so much personality 
without really like you seeing him being interviewed or anything like that. So K Flats just doing it from another angle, which I love. And I, I'm I would love to I'll be your skip bayless, bro. Like, come on, like we could go, we could go at it. I I don't know. He said don't hit me up if the beef's real, if the beef's fake. I don't know. I guess I won't know until we see each other each other in person and I can't yeah. wait for that day. I can't wait for that day. Hopefully he goes to USA's, you know, and races there. And then we Yeah, can, he's close. I think all, I think he might do it. Yeah. Yeah, and we can all uh we can all chop it up. You feel me? That'll be that'll be lit. Sticking on the eight hundred right now, like I've been meaning to tell you, Joshua, like the eight hundred is just so amazing this year on the younger side. I want to talk about Juliet Whitaker too, running one fifty nine eight and like a couple podcasts ago, we were on the Gill podcast, shout out, and we were talking about how the women's two the two minute barrier in the eight hundred for women can become like the four it's like the four minute mile in like high school because you got so many so many women are are, are high school girls and like running 208 is not that fast anymore like it's fast but there's so many uh girls that are running 205s 204s you're seeing that in high school and now Juliet's the second person I think Sophia is gonna break it by the time she's out for sure I think Rosine will We'll break it, and that's just gonna continue. It's gonna be like the the four minute mile. It's like, yeah, you can break two in high school. Yeah, the thing about the mile though is that it's just so universal, and like it's what people ran in gym class and all that stuff, and also just like the just the round number of of four minutes sixty seconds per lap. Like it just it's so poetic, and like it's it it makes sense now to sell just kind of like the average person on like. Hey, yeah, yeah, 800, two, two laps. Like, there, it's sort of, it, it, they really can't, half a mile, maybe, is I guess, like how you can, you know, maybe push yeah. them to what it is. And so, uh, th- that's the tricky part with marketing it. Like, there's always the debate as to what is the equivalent of the four minute mile for women, whether it's like 432 or 436 or something like that. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, this definitely should be a much bigger deal, uh, than people, you know, have made of, I mean, Gary Martin is amazing. And what he did was phenomenal doing it solo against high school kids. But for uh, Juliet Whitaker to go out there and beat a whole field of pros, and that's that's a strong field of people who she beat. She beat a world championship qualifier in Olivia Baker. She beat, you know, other there was Brenna Detra from the BAA also broke two minutes. Olivia Baker broke two minutes in that race. Um, I don't think enough is being made of the fact that Sophia Guerrion was, yes. was ran too flat as well. Like I, I know it gets hit. Her opener. Outdoor yeah, opener yeah. in eight. It, so like, I mean, that race is truly special. We put it up on YouTube for people to see, um, you know, live and you, maybe you can link to it in the show notes or embed it in whatever sort of post because it needs to get out there and seen more. Like when we posted the clip of it uh, on our Twitter feed uh, right after the race happened, like, it's been shared pretty widely i have to check and see what the numbers were i'm sure it's fifty thousand plus views of the last like 200 meters of that race but um it's so impressive what juliet whitaker does and i think like this was finally the shining moment that she needed in the 800 we've seen what she was able to do in the mile during the indoor season she's a strong runner who can you know win a mile race wire to wire from the very beginning but for the 200 for the 800 in particular she was always kind of just knock knock knocking on the door of 201 had never gotten sort of into that two flat sort of range and she just says she's going to skip right over it entirely and get 
to 159, which was, you know, it's fast. I mean, there's been so many stars, even a thing Mo over the last couple of years couldn't do it. But now, you know, Mary Kane's record has stood for a while and this is the closest someone has come. And, and Mary Kane was a big deal. We talked about Kane's sanity for, for weeks during that, you know, stretch that she had where she was on fire and won the U.S. title. So, you know, I really do hope that, um, the momentum keeps going for not just Juliet, but also to, you know, the other two that you mentioned with Rasheen Willis and Sophia Guerrion, because, uh, it, it, they, these girls deserve a lot more of a spotlight. Like we, the Newburgh park kids, like when they go to a track meet, they're just swarmed by fans and fellow high school kids. And let's, you know, it, it's, it's cool. It's great. It's cool to see, but like these girls are doing just as amazing things. And that's why we decided to do like a short video feature during the indoor seasons, because we're in a really awesome moment right now. And and the plus side of it is that Sophia gets a whole nother year to try and break these it's records. Crazy. So that's, that's the craziest part to it all. I think. Bro, it one fifty. Like for me, when I was in high school, when I broke two minutes, like that was a big deal for me. You know, like when I did that, like first I was like, "Dang, like finally I got that." But to do that as a girl in high school, I don't mean like there's there's pros that are still searching for that moment of breaking two minutes and they already do it. It's just it's yeah. it's so wild. And Juliet, just hats off to you. Congrats to you and Sophia and Rosheen. Once you guys do it, I'm gonna just send my congrats like right now because I think. That is that is a just a moment waiting to happen. They're all searching for that. They probably have it written on their wall everywhere. You know what I mean? So it's just an amazing moment. Like you said, deserves so, so, so much more credit. And yeah, it makes I, it interesting to think of like, where is Sophia going to decide to go to college? Because, you know, the other two are going to Stanford. And so that's already one half of a really strong four by eight or even like a DMR team down the road, because like, you know, we've seen Sophia run the 400 at New Balance uh, indoors. And so she's got some awesome range with it's 400, you know, 800 mile. And, you know, with the other two, they're just so strong. And so uh, yeah, if Sophia decides to end up going to Stanford, then that is sort of like the next big team to sort of watch. And hopefully, you know, that they just continue to develop really well with, with their training um, over the, the next couple of years, because yeah, like we said, like a couple of years back, it was a thing. Mo was awesome. And years before that, it was Mary Kane. And now it's funny because we got three, you know, really talented girls sharing that spotlight. And the best part is they race head to head. They're, they're, yeah. they're really good friends off the track and they go up against these pros and they beat them sometimes. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great moment that we're in. And all those people you mentioned went pro early, a thing one year in school, Mary King right out of college. LJ Wilson, she didn't break two, but right out of college. So it's like, how serious of a contender are is like Juliet? We don't know yet, but are Rosine Willis or Sophia, especially Sophia? It's going to be hard, about bro. next year. It's, it's like, a, are they like actual like threats on the US, though? On the US team? Yeah, it's like, do I run juniors or do I run against the against the pros and see where where I line up? You know, I feel I mean? like they should run USA just for the fact because like. USA is it's going to be so hard. Like these, the women's eight hundred is so competitive. I think Mo hasn't opened up in the eight yet this year, but you already got Ajay. Ajay has done an outdoor eight, but it was like windy in Bermuda. But Raven has already ran one fifty eight, and she doesn't even open up that fast, like early ever. And then Ali Wilson's ran one fifty eight. She's the uh, world leader right now. Yeah, yeah. So you got three. You, you, have, you oh, have three medalists. Nia, Nia yeah. Dickens. Yeah, you have three medalists, a world leader. And then someone else has broken 159 and then a, a slew of women who have broken two minutes. And so 
Yeah, I mean, it's always one of the hardest teams to make at the U.S. Championships. I think, honestly, if, with you guys being at, at USA's and when you guys do baton talk, I think just walking around the streets of Eugene, putting a mic in people's face and asking them, who's your women's eight? Like for, for worlds, you would get so many different answers. So uh, it's one of my favorite games to play, even like among members of the media. Um, I, I remember doing it finally in 2016 with like some of the other people in the mix zone. It was every day. Where's your head at? How's it changed? Women's eight, who you got? <laughs> that can definitely, that can definitely be it. But talking about the USA team, talking about world championships, coming Eugene, our next stop Oregon segment coming up this summer, Chris, you know, 2000 of the world's best track and field athletes will compete for titles at the first ever World Athletic Championships on US soils. And for preparation leading up to this monumental meeting, we have our next stop Oregon segment where we focus our attention on the world stage. And Chris, for you covering the world championships on US soil for the first time ever, what does that mean to you, man? So honestly, like it's it's gonna be the first ever world championships I've covered. Like that's the oh. crazy part is like I've I've been covering track for 10 years and I've never been to a world championships. Like uh I've been to the Olympics in 2016, but never worlds. And I think it'll be super special that this my first ever world championships happens to come on US soil. Um I think I'm particularly excited to just see like welcome so many international faces and 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 people to um, Tracktown USA because uh, you, know, you know we were we've been to the pre classic before we've been to Olympic trials and it's very like US centric and US heavy in, in in those settings but to walk around I've been to Penrelys before and the Jamaican fans when they're there now I'm wondering like what's that going to be like is there going to be a huge crowd of like Norwegian fans there for like Carson mm -hmm. Waterholm or like oh, you know a nice. slew of Indian fans there for you know uh, who is it Chopra the javelin thrower yeah. so. Uh, I am excited to see just like who shows up uh, and it's going to be a huge party. I think like it's for, for us kind of like working and, and creating content and, and all that stuff. Like it's going to be a lot of sleepless nights, but you know what? The best part is we'll sleep when it's over. Like how this is the first time ever the world championships are coming here. So um, I'm excited. We've got plans for Sidious Mag House that'll be happening during the World Championships where every day we're going to have some sort of programming taking place. So we're finalizing our plans with that. But uh, I'm excited and, and I'm glad that you guys are going to be there because like you guys make everything fun. Yeah, I can't even imagine what it's going to be like just having being around so many track fans at one time, especially coming off of like everything with COVID to this. Do you feel like this track season is going by quicker than last year? Because for me, I'm like, damn, how are we already almost at USA's? Yeah, I mean, I think it's so fast right now. Like the fact that we're almost at June, like that blows my mind. Uh, just because, like, you know, it's crazy to think that the Olympics were what less less than a year ago, but yeah. we're already like gearing up for for the next big thing. And that's just kind of like the special point of this cycle that we're in. When we've coming off, it was Olympics, Worlds, Worlds, and then another Olympics. So like, it is the best time to get in on uh, becoming a track and field fan because you've got so much. Like again, kind of what I said. At the top of the show where uh, there's just so many things to watch nowadays it's like there's diamond leagues happening on like thursdays or fridays or even like a saturday morning and uh you've got you know track meets happening on friday nights on the east and the west coast and so conference meets and ncaa's and high school meets like so much is happening that um there's no shortage of it i think the hardest part is keeping up with all of it 
Most definitely. And I was going to ask you, what's your favorite? What event are you most excited to look for? But I always know you can never pick one event. Like nobody can. There's so many to choose for. But I want to ask you this. You can pick as many celebrities as you want. And we're talking about earlier about the connections that you've got, Chris. Who do you want to see at the World Championships taking in this? So I feel like when we go to NBA games or something, the NBA games, the finals, like right now, Lil Wayne sitting on the sidelines for the Mavs versus uh, Tweeting and dressing the, trash. Uh, Golden State Warriors. I'm trying to see Lil Wayne at World Championships. What a celebrity would you like to see at World Championships taking in all this track fitness? Yeah, that's a good question. But like, you know, part of me is like, yeah, I want someone who's like actually like appreciative of like what is, you know, taking place and happening. Yeah, yeah. Like Magic Johnson, I know he put out those tweets as like, when are the US Olympic track trials? And, um, you know, a lot of people responded, myself included. And, you know, I hope that there was an invitation extended to him. But, you know, to get someone like that in the stands who can hopefully, you know, fire off a couple tweets about what's happening to, to their audience. I mean, you know, it's interesting because, like, if you want, you just want to get eyeballs, then, like, you go for a person with a huge following. Like, you know, I don't know. What if Kanye West showed up to Eugene and was was watching? He's wore, he's rocked a USATF sweater in the past. Like, he's been photographed wearing one of those. Um, and just, like, I don't know. Like, it, you just don't know who can get hooked on being a track fan or knows of one mm -hmm. of the athletes sort of competing. Like, uh, it's funny because, like, the Carson Warholm, I think, posted a photo. I think it's through a Puma connection or something. Like that. But he's gone, and same thing with uh, Lamont Jacobs and um, who is it? Mutaz Barshim. Like, they've gone to uh the f1 races and so they've gotten to go into the paddock and hang out with uh the likes of like lewis hamilton yeah, yeah, and max yeah. verstappen and so what if those guys decided to return the favor and go to a track meet i think that would be pretty fun and you know it's not all that different it's on a different kind of track and instead of cars it's uh it's it's human beings racing uh, you know what we just saw with the miami grand prix in formula one where it's just celebrity 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 like yeah, it was cool and all that, but I think at the end of the day, like the most entertaining part of it is what happens on the track. And so keeping as much of the attention on that and really just amplifying and boosting the storytelling around that is is solely, I think, what I hope happens because it is cool to see someone sitting in the stands, but if they're just not really enjoying it. Then like, I don't know, like it, it was really that worth, you know, putting them in there. They're, they're, it's also Eugene, like yeah, it's a hard yeah, sell yeah. for like a A-list celebrity. So that's why Chris is really calling out all of you guys to go to Eugene and take up their seat. Because if Michael Jordan's not going to yeah. come, you need to come and be at Eugene. So be a part of history at Hayward Field at University of Oregon, July 15th through the 24th. Get your tickets now at worldchampsoregon2022.com and take Magic Johnson's <laughs> seat because he ain't, he ain't coming, bro. Well, and I think, I don't know, I, I, I think I might be wrong, but they're selling single day tickets now, right? I think, or something like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, fans should definitely look into the tickets because it's going to be must watch yeah then before we get you out of here chris we just have a few things that we're going to talk about this in track news and everything like that as we close out the Fort river ones podcast and one thing i want to talk about and what i've really noticed this goes to you aaron is i like bro like i feel like for the past two weeks track has been everywhere like and like literally everywhere every time I'm, maybe it's just because i'm getting in like what is it called uh filter bubble there we go i'm oh, yeah, yeah, bubble, okay. bubble of being in track and field but i'm literally seeing like sports center overtime highlighter even complex like posting about the little girl losing his shoe 
running everybody down to 200. And I'm seeing a high school girl falling off the first hurdle. They're running everyone down. And I'm seeing the kid running 100, holding a selfie the entire time. I've seen that so field. many times this I'm year. I'm seeing the kid hiding <laughs> the 4 by 4 saying you don't want to run. Like, I'm seeing so <laughs> many different videos about track and field. And I'm all like, dang, is tracking it popular? Or like, or or people really love these like track and field videos. Why aren't they watching the pros and stuff? Like, I don't know. I just feel like, the opportunity for people to love track is there and like yeah i think the little girl who like lost her shoe and ended up winning the race like she is uh gonna be at the pre-classic yeah i think yeah i think she's gonna be at the pre-classic i think they extended some sort of invitation or something like that um oh that's cool yeah so i mean you just never know like when one of these viral videos like pops off like what happens like we posted the video of the um, the girl who falls in the hurdle, like in, after the first one or the second one, and then still goes on to win the race. Like that one's gotten a hundred something thousand views on our TikTok page. And, um, it, yeah, I mean, it, it, you just never know. Sometimes the silly stuff really does well because people are, are just kind of like blown away, but I've also kind of like, to your point, Joshua, maybe it is because we're just sort of in it. And we also pay attention to just yeah. like how things perform, like how YouTube video does or how many, you know, views or likes something gets on a instagram or tiktok but i think there's something cool to be said about like if you frame things the right way and i I, like when i'm doing some of the stuff on tiktok for sidious mag like yeah i mean like darius uh kipiego running 405 for the uh for the mile is is great but if you phrase it as like high school junior runs 405 for the mile like that's when people are like what like i'm a, I'm a high school junior and i just ran like eight minutes for the mile in like gym class or something like that or it's like sort of like high school girl um beats professional field of 800 meter running uh yeah 800 meter runners like there's a way of making some of these things interesting to the casual sort of sports fan and it, it, yeah you do have to dumb it down sometimes but it, there's two ways of playing it, it you can dumb it down but also give the context of uh, to to the real fans as to why it's important and also like showcase in a really special nice way so um yeah i mean it could be just kind of like that our phones listen to us and everything that we do and and mm-hmm. know to serve us up some track highlights on our instagram page but um yeah i mean if it's if it's being everywhere right now like then hopefully people will somehow find out that there's a world championships coming up I think, though, too, it's a telling because I feel like some of the like stuff they've been putting up is like reminds me. It reminds me of something that I could see like in the early RR days, you know, RIP to our old Instagram. It reminds me of some of the like yeah. posts that we would put up. So just seeing like a bleacher report mm-hmm. or like highlight her or like those uh, Instagram accounts doing it. I'm like, oh, OK, like this. This is this means a little something. This, I think I think this means something. We're headed in some type of direction, but you definitely can make track interesting and like fun and like. Has there yeah. been any shade room posts for for track? Hey, she can't just race, bro. I have to stop following shade room. I ain't even gonna lie. <laughs> just too many posts. It was too many folks. It was just getting too much too much gossip that I didn't need to hear about. And I was just like, I'm done. I think I muted it, but I but they still follow me. I think. <laughs> hey, Jaren Chris, Jaren Chris, Jaren Chris is back. It's <laughs> in full effect. Hey, let's talk about that too. As we talk about some hottest track news, Shakari Richardson is back, bro. Maybe we'll we'll see what she does. I think I believe she opened up a, was an eleven twenty seven, eleven twenty seven yeah. in the hundred. 
like at a weird American track league kind of Duval County meet, like sort of ran the hundred and came back like a hundred that wasn't even scheduled and ran it. But she's back. She she had her uh, Nike uniform bedazzled. I don't know if that was legal, but hey, she was looking good wearing it. But Chris, how do you feel about Sha'Carri Richardson being back on the running scene? I was so curious as to like what all the early season scratches were all about. And I don't think we've gotten the answers behind that just quite yet. And so, um, yeah, there's still a lot that's kind of mind boggling, uh, behind the season that Shakira is having, but, um, I, I think she's going to come around at the right time. Like you just can't discount her for, you know, how talented she is. Like the fact that she finished the pre-classic and still ran, what was it like 11, 14 or something like that? Like, jogging it in towards yeah, the yeah. end i know it's so it's like um i'm not worried i'm not hitting the panic button when it comes to shikari but it 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 is sort of like she does have to she can't just coast into the u.s championships like she's actually gonna have to try uh because there is so many talented women right now in the hundred that it's going to be competitive and you can't just rest on your laurels based off what you did last year um because someone the best part about the u.s championships is there's always the surprise uh, Shakari can surprise us by running fast and she can also surprise us by not making the team period. I mean, we, we saw that in 2019 already with her, like she won, she ran really well in the NCAAs, um, and in the, at the SEC championships and then faded at the U S championships in the final. Um, so hopefully, uh, we get the good version of Shakari showing up to, um, the U S championships and, uh, then things are turning around in the right direction, but, uh, I would say maybe a B minus season opener by all standards um, based off of the fact that we're seeing someone like Shelly Ann run 10, 10, six for a season opener. Like that's an A plus season opener An a season opener is maybe what Elaine Thompson's putting together. Yeah. So by, by the, by comparison. Yeah. I guess maybe I give uh, Shikari. What did I say? B minus. Yeah. You said B minus. Yeah. Just- B minus. Maybe. Yeah. I'm just surprised you're not hitting the panic button. I was looking hitting the panic button button like a month and a half ago, but she's back now. Maybe I'm not hitting it as much, but I'm hey. all like, I'm looking kind of panicking still. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a comparison right now, dude. Shakari Richardson is like the best thing for track and field right now, 100. Like everything, the world stops when she decides to come and race, or when she speaks on Twitter, it's so loud everyone hears it and like she really is she is the kanye west of of track and field bro she is kanye because kanye he might drop a song like he hasn't dropped music in a while right he'll drop a song it's poopity scoop and you're like bro i hate kanye or he'll go on twitter (laughs) says something crazy and it's like bro kanye why are you doing this and then he delivers donda and you're like oh my gosh (laughs) this guy is this guy is the goat like I, i love kanye so it's just like She's so polarizing and talented and her, I'm just excited for her story, whether she runs fast or whether she runs slow, it's something to talk about, bro. Cause yeah. you can never, that, you can never count her out. Well, the other thing too, is just sort of like, is she someone who knows to perform like when the most eyes are on her? Like last year, the U.S. Olympic trials are obviously like the biggest thing. And, and she knew to turn on in that moment and blew up because, you know, she had Michelle Obama tweeting about her and stuff. And that is like that's that's huge. Is Michelle Obama or any of those people who really jumped on the bandwagon watching the American track league? No, they're not. And so like for her, it's just like if I do bad at one of these meets, like 
yeah, maybe sure the track heads like know that I'm not coming into this race like my sharpest and that. But when I show up to the U.S. championships, you're going to get ready because I'm going to put on the show. So that's where kind of like where I'm at in terms of like trying to overanalyze like Shakari Richardson and, and, and her antics when it comes to like a season uh, progression. And so um, she'll, I'm not concerned whatsoever. And I think she'll turn up at the U.S. championships. Whatsoever. Dang. Yeah. Hey, let's, go, let's go, Shakari. Let's go. Let's go. You got you got three people. I think you were like in the Shakari corner who are just like, yeah, I think like what she does is 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 interesting, and interesting is good for track. Yeah, that's that's the gallon on I am athlete was saying. Yeah, it's, it's cool. Like she's gonna be ready. She's gonna be ready. That's what he was saying. Um, he was saying some athlete. crazy things on I am athlete. Well, honestly, like part of my reason into thinking is like, why did she pull out of all these races and like and was like nowhere really to sort of be seen like yeah i mean she was very clearly at practice you could see it on some of her instagram stories like she's in the gym she's at the track so she's putting in work but i was so curious as to like justin gatlin made those comments about like how the top track athlete retires and then all of a sudden like that's it like track doesn't set you up for life after track so my it's like until something changes now that's nice of justin gallon to say but it would have been better if he would have said something in the moment obviously he was getting paid very well from sponsors and uh you know got the nike deal even after mm-hmm. all the the trials and tribulations that happened with him in his career so justin gatlin was definitely on the higher end of you know athletes getting paid well he meddled yeah. at worlds and, and performed well so he it, the stand that he took after he was done great but then so I started thinking, was Shakari in a, in a sense trying to take some sort of stand by like all of a sudden not racing anymore until maybe that something changes and she wants to be that figure? But she, it seems that she's back in action and hopefully, you know, Justin Gatlin is a big influence on her having, you know, been training partners and someone that she saw at practice constantly that maybe some of those comments of his like stood out to her. And yeah, again, this is me just sort of trying to make sense of the last couple of weeks as to why she was pulling out all these races. And I was thinking more, I was like, is it, is this, is there a bigger meaning to this where it's like, oh, I'm finally going to be one of the stars that says, no, I'm not going to race until I start getting paid better. Or some of these other athletes start getting paid better. Cause until a big star takes that sort of stand and I don't think really too much is going to change. I was talking to my dad about this, like, and I don't know what's going on or nothing, but I was just thinking like, hey, Birmingham was like the day before and she decided to not go to that big Diamond League meet. She decided to stay home. My only thing, the only reason I would stay home is because you're not paying me what I need to be paid to be out right. there. It's not worth my time to go out there. So, and I'm not saying American Track League, they probably didn't pay her crazy or nothing like that. But, you know, that was best for her to just go to a meet that was, you know, right down the street instead of flying across and getting similar, not similar amount of money, not that, you know, not that much of a difference to her in her eyes. So I'm like, I well, don't know. there's also the fact that the British media is, is very, very vicious sometimes. And I'm sure like, it's not sort of like the setting that she wants to be part of, to be asked to do a press conference and then, you know, go through with the race and then the post-race stuff. Like this was very low key for her. And also, I mean, you just never know what could happen at a diamond leg. You said Trayvon Bermel went all the way across the pond to false yeah. start and then have to come back and then, and that's it. So, I mean, that, that's, sucks for someone like like him to get put in that situation of course like you know hopefully maybe rules get relaxed or changed for fall starts uh at, at the diamond league but 
Yeah, I mean, it, but at the same time, like Elaine Thompson also pulled out of the Birmingham meet saying like it was like some sort of setback in training. And then she just ran in Jamaica last night and also ran really well. So it was like, whatever that was, she got over it quick. And so I don't know, like it's just, it's again, a very individual track is a very individualized sport. And you just have to do what it might be best for you in the longer run. Like when your goal is to perform at the US championships and the world championships, like going across, you know, to the UK maybe isn't the best thing, um, you know, timing wise. So, yeah, I mean, again, you can read the Shikari situation so many different ways, but I think we'll get so many more answers in the next couple of weeks. Starting yeah, with this weekend, pre-classic, yeah. You, yeah, and if you want answers, you got to tune into the pre-classic. You got to tune into Worlds because, like you said, the high end, she does good. Michelle Obama is tweeting about her. Nothing is better than track, track than that. Michelle Obama is talking about her, so. Yeah, I was pretty disappointed when Chris said that Michelle Obama wasn't watching American Track League. I thought her and Bernice King would I like popcorn ready watching american track league no no that is that is that's a dream yeah no no she's got better things to do on on a saturday night <laughs> but before we get you out of here like you guys are saying free classic this weekend yeah. friday and saturday it's going down some world record attempts some fire races chris what are you most excited to see this weekend well honestly i hope that People, the the full squad shows up for the men's hundred. Like the men's hundred is absolutely stacked. I'm pulling it up right now so I don't miss anyone's name. So men's hundred, they've got they've called it the Tokyo Rewind because it is Mar- Lamont Marcel Jacobs, the Olympic champion. Fred Curley, the Olympic silver medalist. Then after that, uh, uh, who's the Olympic bronze medalist in Tokyo? Andre Degrasse. Andre Degrasse. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Oh yeah, so he's in it. So you got all three. Then you got Ronnie Baker, Kenny Bednarik, Marvin Bracey, Christian Coleman, the reigning world champion, Oof. Noah Lyles, and oh Arian Knighton. You're using, you're using nine lanes for this one because Arian Knighton decided to run hella fast at uh, in the 200. And so they he's like, excuse me, I'd like a lane. And they, they obviously put it to use. And so, yeah, the favorite in this one? Hmm. That's the tough part. Like, you can you could make a case for, for all the different people. Um Actually, I think you could, you could make a case for four of the nine, I think. The four, I would say, that are the strongest in this one would probably be Lamont Jacobs, although he didn't run as fast in his first 100 of the season. He pulled out of the meet in Kenya. Fred Curley has run really fast, and he shows up in these races, so I don't expect him to finish any lower than second, no matter what. If he either wins or finishes second in this race. Christian Coleman, he's good. I mean... I think he'll rise to the occasion. He's got a little bit more fire under him, I think, after how indoors went. And then after that, I think the fourth person I'd maybe give this to would be, is it Marvin Bracey? Am I, Wait, am I say, crazy to think? Or Bermel? Did you say Bermel? Is Bermel Bermel's not in this one. Bro, I want Christian Coleman to win this race. I think he can win this race. I know he didn't look that good in Tokyo when he ran out that, in that race in Tokyo. It was cold. Like- that was really cold and windy. So, yeah. I mean, that's fine. But he ran what the 1919 out mm-hmm. in Kentucky. Like this, he could run a good 200. Like people, he could run a good 200. But nice, he's a 100 meter guy, 100 meter specialist. I think yeah. he's about to be. I want him to win this race. I think no, I, I didn't, can I, see him winning this race. I didn't tune into the American track. Did Darren Knighton end up running yesterday in the hundred? No, I, I didn't tune so. in. I don't think so. No, no so, I mean I, like that. He's the big question. I, I think I'd say that. 
Yeah, he's the big question mark. For he sure. That's what I, for the first time. That's time. what I'm most intrigued by is Arian Naing in that race and see what he's gonna do. But I think like you're saying, Joshua, for Coleman, I think this is his welcome back moment. Like we said, like indoor, you could say when he got second, but this is his moment to really like if he takes this dub and he's just like, I'm here, I'm him, I am the favorite to show everyone. Like, yo, I was gone, but I am the favorite when it comes to Eugene. Like, I'm the best in the world. This guy only won because I was gone. I feel like this is really his time to really shine. So that's gonna that is a, that's a good choice. Yeah, I'm I'm so pumped for that because like, and I'm gonna be working on several different previews for the meet this this week. I'll probably do like a sprints preview, a distance preview, and then a field events preview. Um, just because I mean every single part of it is is fantastic. Or I think yeah, I'll do something like that. But um, yeah, so I mean like that's the one that I've obviously got my eyes on. And then as a big throws guy, of course, I'll watch the shot put with uh, Kovacs making his return um facing off against krauser and tom walsh and uh it'll be that'll be great as well i think so then the u.s championships on friday night so i mean yeah. like that's that's gonna be great what what's more likely uh G'day breaking her 5,000 record or chef the guy breaking his 5,000 record uh i will say G'day breaking her 5,000 meter record but now because my big thing is is she gonna break 14 and I wonder. I want to know what the blights are going to be set at for that one, because sub fourteen women's five k. That is crazy. That's crazy. Wait, I can what see is that happening? What did she run? Fourteen oh five. Fourteen oh five or fourteen oh six? I think. Yeah. God. <laughs> Ooh. Ah, yeah, man. I'm I'm hyped for that. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I see. I think that's more like. It's so much better than a one hour record. I'll tell you, like. <laughs> Like you, I don't know, like for spectators, maybe not the best thing to have them sit through and watch one person run on a track for a no set distance, just a set amount of time. Like you're going to be here for an hour, so you better enjoy this. Like that's better get a good playlist for something like that. But for 5K, that's entertaining. I'm with I'm with that Gade too, because she's ran like that half marathon that she did too. Like she's definitely stronger since the last time she ran that Valencia, that Valencia World Record Day. Like she's stronger than mm -hmm. that before. Like that's, yeah, she, that's going down. I'm, I'm curious if the lights can be set at two thirteen forty. No, I'm just playing. Hold on. <laughs> no, but the thing with Je Chepta guys is that he's beatable and like he's a little bit unpredictable sometimes. Like it, it's not that he he's been undefeated ever since you know this big uh, since setting the world record. He's lost a couple times and so um, one rough day and, and the weather maybe being off a little bit. I haven't taken a look at what the weather is going to be, but. Um, it, it might not call for perfect conditions or a side stitch. You just never know. And so I think like there's m more risk with Chep the guy. Yeah. I'm excited for uh, Francine Saba too. I got her signed. I got her signed bib from last year, bro. Like, I, I don't even know. I don't know what the women's record is in the two mile, but I'm rooting hard for her in that one. I might bring the bib back to get it signed again. That, just to <laughs> add the time. Add the time. Yes. I'm dead, bro. That was that was a funny that was a funny night. That was a, that was a great night. But Chris, it's been a pleasure, man. It really has been a pleasure. We'll see you uh this Friday at the pre classic. In Eugene. I know. Yeah. In Eugene. That yes, yeah, wow. We're gonna be in Eugene. First first time of, of three trips for us. Four trips for us. We're gonna be in there four four different times. We're gonna You're go doing four? Trip. I'm doing three, I and know. I already think that's a lot. Wow. We'll be Eugene four times. Uh, we're going to try out all the different spots to let you guys know where's the best place to eat, 
we're gonna we're gonna look deep for y'all. We're gonna look look deep for the best spots. Hey, we've got after we got after the final lap happening on Friday and Saturday, uh, live from the pre classic. So tune into that on the City Smack YouTube channel. You guys are more than welcome to pop by as well. Hey, we'll have to tap hey, in for sure. Maybe just have to, maybe just have to. It's been a pleasure. Thank y'all for everyone listening. You're definitely a real one. You listen to this podcast, and hey, let's get it. See y'all at pre. Let's go. I love track and field. <laughs>